Hello, fellow baseball and fancy baseball nuts. A big warm welcome back to the very best seat in the house that is, of course, behind home plate. Particularly, fancy baseball is your thing. Now, my name's Johnny Gould, former presenter of Channel 5 Baseball about 400 years ago. For those of you that used to watch this show, you'll know I'm obsessed with fancy baseball, but utterly useless at it. That was true 15 years ago. It's still true now. The good news, I've got a legend uh, as a partner in crime behind home plate uh that man goes by the name of james holden jimbo welcome jg hello good to be here as always yes another week and another packed agenda for you and i on behind home plate well i want to find out what you've been up to since we did our last show a week ago but before we do we're going to quickly just round up for all our listeners what they've got to look forward to our first batter baseball news uh, and in particular exciting confirmation i'm beside myself with excitement that mlb has confirmed it's coming back to the uk not just next year but years beyond more details of that coming up second batter it's rookie nookie <laughs> one of my favorites uh, even if the segment isn't particularly good the name is quality as ever some new names in baseball and fancy baseball who's living up to expectation who is back in the minors and our guesses for rookie of the year in each league which is a ridiculous thing to even ask at this stage of the season but hey we're going to do it anyway and batter number three of course as always the suitcase uh where we challenge jimbo to find some real value on the waiver wire for your fancy teams for players that no one would even consider uh, that are rostered in less than 20 percent of an average espn fancy baseball league all that to look forward to on this episode four of behind home plates now jimbo what have you been up to you had an exciting week since we uh, we last did this oh i've been a busy been a busy boy i was down in dorset at the weekend uh then i've been to wales yeah i've been all over the place yeah it's been great fun thank you you are living the life rock and roll dorset <laughs> wales i mean <laughs> what was the weather like was it all right it was glorious yeah yeah lots of dog walking on the beaches keeping me happy I, I, a little birdie told me, you know, for a man who claims to be a man of the people, you, you were walking on a certain red carpet. You were shoulder rubbing with the lovies at the BAFTAs. Is that true? Or were you just serving drinks? Were you just there with the canapes? <laughs> I knew, you know, last week we talked about this bit about our different lives. And I think you did accuse me of being some kind of London-based metropolitan lovey arts lover. And then, yeah, then I was at the BAFTAs on Sunday. So, yeah, which I have to say, I've never been before, but it was brilliant and it was absolutely star-studded and obviously none of whom I knew uh, but it was brilliant and it was yeah really exciting was it wokey I don't know what you mean I, were I they all know, doing that, the hokey wokey any, any new listeners out there of whom there are yes yeah, several hundred this week so thank you for that Johnny and I are possibly slightly different on several spectrums political spectrums kind of I would say fashion spectrums reality spectrum so yes my London-based life uh, appears to be different sometimes than Johnny's uh, countryside um, existence well, uh, all I can say is I just hope that Ricky Gervais was presenting the BAFTAs. Then we get rid of some of this nonsense when these people go up and start making political speeches instead of just saying thank you. Thank you for voting for me. Thank you to my mum and dad for supporting me. And thank you to my God. I have no issues with any of those. Say thank you, but get off the stage. As Ricky Gervais quite rightly says, most of them left school before Greta Thunberg. So uh, moving on swiftly, let's not get political. This is not what this uh, podcast is all about. And we know it's just going to turn into a Arabian argument between the two of us as we're extreme opposites on the political political spectrum uh, as in so many other ways what i haven't told you how exciting you're rubbing shoulders on the red carpet at the baftas what am i doing i'm hosting the west ham football club awards night and in the middle of the auction some bloke starts leg into me starts almost threatening me with violence what for well, it, it, 
a slightly complicated story. This guy apparently was an agent or some sort of marketing guy, and he'd booked four tables. And now I always do my research, uh, who's in attendance. There were 120 tables. So you can imagine how long that took. Every table I went to his, I went to the first three. It was a different table that had been moved from the Mac. And somebody said to me, oh, no, yeah, he didn't turn up. I'm like, you've booked four tables, and you haven't turned up. It seems very weird. I've never heard of the guy. Um, uh, but apparently he's an agent of some sort. And so uh, the one table I didn't get to of his four started bidding so of course i looked at my table plan and i went oh and it's the james pavin table and then i suddenly thought oh no no he's not here at least that's what they told me he said oh no no it's not the james pavin table because uh, apparently he hasn't turned up anyway moving on and then i just kept going and the next thing you know this guy bizarrely dressed in a weird suit and a funny hat sort of fedora hat at an evening do he, he starts getting into me on stage <laughs> and it turns out that was him so what were you saying i'm not here and he was giving it large you know? oh did he did he pay up big in the charity auction though mate he had never put his hand up and I'm saying to him, look, sir, I'm really sorry. I didn't, I was told you weren't here and it's lovely that you are, but I'm in the middle of an auction. I literally had my mic in my hand in front of a thousand people and going, I'm trying to raise money for, for the Football Academy of West Ham Football Club. You know, this isn't a good time for us to be having this discussion. Plus, I can't help you. Please go and have a word with the audience. But he wouldn't let it go. And at one point I thought, he's about to punch me. He is literally about to punch me. And the next year I know two monster security guards appear. He was, uh, he was removed. He got a bit shirty. He apparently got thrown out. And thank goodness for the world of baseball <laughs> that you are still here this week. <laughs> right, go on, anyway, let's crack on. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Quick reminder yeah. for our listeners, we've got an email, of course, behind homeplatepod at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, as always, do contact us on Twitter at bhppod. Uh, and we have got some great questions coming in and loving each and every one of them. So thank you for that. Um, and if you don't want to get in contact with us directly, that's not a problem. We won't take offence. My Twitter handle is at Johnny M. Gould. Jimbo's is at Jam90. It makes you sound like you're some sort of basketball player. It's ridiculous Twitter handle. Anyway, as ever, if you feel like leaving us a five-star rating that's the most important thing or a review on any platform that you subscribe and listen to this podcast we'd really appreciate it because obviously it's going to help drive the marketplace back towards us uh moving forward because at the end of the day if it's just you know my 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 uncle and his dog listening it, then uh, things might get a little bit uh, a little bit nervy towards the end of the season anyway um one thing a big shout out clive russell commissioner of uk media league for his compassion and care of his league and those who play in it I've just read that. I had no idea that was in the script. A hint of sarcasm, I think. <laughs> anyway, hello to Clive. Apparently, he's a, he's, a, he's a major listener, so it's lovely to have Clive listening in on a regular basis. You wrote this script, Jim, but what on earth is that all about? <laughs> Thank you for the heads up on that one. James is just laughing to himself hysterically. Moving on. Uh, we're also going to give a shout out to Gav. Gavin at Batflips and Nerds running the Eliminator Fantasy League. 24 teams. Would you believe it? In an Eliminator League, it's the most bizarre fantasy league. I absolutely love it, Gav. It's crazy, man. You're crazy. A number of teams are basically eliminated at the end of each couple of weeks' play. And the behind plate dream team, that is, of course, Jimbo and I, by the way, we uh, last time we played together last season, we won. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, he steered us into second place, Jimbo, for the first chunk of the season. So we're, we're safely through to the next round, um, but slightly choppy start to phase two, I understand, Jimbo. Mm. Why? What's mm. that? Yeah, we've only got two weeks and we're, 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 we're mid, distinctly mid-table so far, but yeah, okay. we'll see. How many get chopped at the end of two uh, weeks? Oh, I don't know. Another, another two, three? All oh, right. So as long as we're not right at the bottom, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, then we're okay. fine. Then we're okay. Fine. Uh, and of course... Finally, is the 2022 BHP Rookie League full? That's the big question we want to know. Are we doing it again? 
Have we got uh, we, are, we, we are. We've got most of we've had, we had a couple of people from last year. We've got several people who got in touch in the last week. But yeah, I still have two spaces left. So yeah, if you've always fancied giving fantasy baseball a go or you've given it a go and you didn't like it and you'd like to take on Johnny, um, then yeah, please get in touch behind home plate pod at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Two spaces left. Uh, we'd like to fill it so we can crack on and do the draft. Jim, I'm going to step out here and be controversial and I'm going to confirm you're not just taking on me. For those listeners out there that were Channel 5 baseball viewers and lovers, big JC's in the house. JC, Josh Chetwin, has agreed to play. A British Baseball Hall of Famer is playing in the Rookie League. How exciting is that? That is big news. That is big news. So, yes, if if you hurry... Well, Jimbo, we know he's a walking encyclopedia of baseball knowledge, but he's not that good at fantasy baseball. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. I'm glad (laughs) you said that, not me. (laughs) He loves telling me how often he's beaten me in the leagues that we've been in. Load of rubbish. Anyway, moving on. Batter one. Uh, everyone's beating me, so it's not exactly uh, anything to shout home about. Uh, baseball news. Well, it is. It's massive news, Jim. It's massive news. MLB have confirmed that they are coming to London. Uh, now, we've got a press release, which I'm going to now read out, if I can find it. Um, it basically says that they've announced a long-term partnership with London to play regular season games, not just next year, 2023, but 2024 and 2026. Now, I'm sure you saw the pictures of the mayor, Mayor Sadiq Khan, um, in New York with MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred. There's two popular individuals getting together. Um, and they were holding a baseball bat to uh, announce this extraordinary uh, news, which we're all very excited about. And for those of you wondering, well, why 24 and then 26? What's happened to 25? Well, I can tell you. I can tell you exactly what's happened. They're apparently going to make their first trek to mainland Europe with games in Paris. How exciting. I, do you know, Jim, I think I'd quite fancy going to Paris. Just Totally. Just we're, we're, we're absolutely doing that trip. It sounds amazing, doesn't it? Yeah. We should definitely do it. And maybe even run a competition. Ooh. You and me go with two listeners to the podcast. We go and spend a day, a night in Gay Paris and, and take in the game or one of the games, assuming there might be a couple like there was in, uh, in London. How that sounds that? brilliant. Sounds That's... wonderful. We do need to find a sponsor before that. I'm just saying. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're certainly not getting your checkbook out, are you? Let's be brutally honest. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, how exciting is that, mate? I know they were talking about the Cubs Cardinals because that was going to be the second matchup before COVID hit. Yeah, I'd, I'd be astounded that's... if that's not one of the first ones that comes back. Um, obviously, yeah. we had we had Yankees Red Sox the first year. It was going to be Cubs Cards. We all had tickets for that, and it didn't go ahead because uh, of COVID. So, I'd, I'd be astounded if that isn't one that either 2023 or 2020 coming back but um well, i heard on it. reuters as well that uh, the los angeles dodgers are already in discussions to play in paris they don't want to come to london they want to go to paris yeah i, I i'm disappointed them. about that i mean obviously we're not massive dodger fans as, as braves fans but you know in terms of a, a team of absolute superheroes coming over and, and that's what i kind of I, I will ask you in a second like you know who you which teams you'd like to say see yeah. but I think one of the things is about, you know, we, we're, we are at a time now in baseball where, you know, for once from Shohei to Mike Trout to Ronnie Acuna to Juan Soto to Fernando Tatis, you know, there is a whole wealth of genuine superstars who are well known and really kind of, you know, making big noise. I think it'd be a real shame if we didn't see some of those young you know, superstars come to London and really show off the sport. Jim, but I literally think that should be the sole criteria because at the end of the day, these faces, these young rock stars are the future of baseball. You want to get kids into baseball rather than just old men like us, then this is the way to do it. So therefore, the Braves have to be on the, on the market. The Padres have to be on. I totally agree with you. The Dodgers, and I will go to Paris to see the Dodgers. Hate the Dodgers, but love watching them play baseball. But 
the angels i mean one they're competitive they're, they're top of the pile but you've just mentioned the two names mike trout and shohei atani who does not want if you're a baseball fan whoever you support who does not want to watch those two play baseball Absolutely. No, I'm with you. And I, I think the other one, of course, is the Toronto Blue Jays. You've got Bobichet, Vlad Jr., really exciting team. So I, I think that there's, there's a whole wealth of big teams with superstar players. It's really exciting. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping not least will uh, lead to a whole load more people taking an interest in baseball, watching baseball, and of course, listening to baseball-related podcasts. Well, talking of listening to baseball-related podcasts, um, an old mate of mine that used to watch the show, and I've stayed in contact ever since, a lovely young man called Andy Dimitri. Um, and Andy uh, messages me on a regular basis, and he he asked the question, do we think that they'll, we'll ever see a baseball franchise based here in the UK, as they've been talking about the possibilities of doing it in the NFL? Personally, I don't at all, if only because of MLB's track record. Um, plus, I think the logistics of it are enormous. But, I mean, how exciting would that be if you actually had a team based here and you'd have, what, 81 games of a regular season in London or the surrounds? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't see it happening. I think I could. I'd be, I could. think it's much more likely to be an NFL franchise based in Europe, possibly London. Just the sheer number of games, the thought of you know, a road trip that has to include Europe, I think you'd have to extend the season by several weeks to allow for all of those transatlantic uh, stopovers and transatlantic yeah. visits. So I think that's pretty hard. But uh, I think if we can make this a regular thing for MLB going around the world, and particularly coming, coming to the UK, I, I think that'd be really important and that's the other thing that's come up there's been quite a lot of feedback again about you know london it's london again couldn't you know it's coming for three years couldn't they've gone to some other cities around the uk whether that's glasgow whether that's manchester whether that's birmingham what do you think about that well, i just think it's all about practicality i think it's a lovely idea i would love it but i know how tough it's been to find a stadium that you can transform into a baseball stadium i, I know how hard they tried back in the 90s and, and, and it didn't happen for another 25 years. So I think it's a pure case of logistics is the problem. Yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure you're right. But I, you know, I definitely think, how can they ensure that the legacy of MLB coming to London is felt across the whole of the UK is really important. And whether yeah. that's events, whether it's running home run derbies, whether it's supporters groups or something, or getting some of those stars who are coming to get around other parts of the UK, that's the huge one. And I know- so You know, the we, biggest thing they could do, Jim, the biggest thing they can do is, is reserve a significant number of seats for people that are based throughout the country and make sure they're affordable. The trouble was, as we both know from the last time we were involved, they were so ridiculously expensive. And if you're also having to add 100 plus for your travel, for a hotel, because you're coming from Newcastle, if you're coming from you know the Midlands, the West Country, from Wales, I mean, it's just not realistic. You're asking people to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds for one game of baseball. And as much as they love it, that's not realistic, nor is it fair. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Man of the we people, Jim. You probably didn't know that. Johnny G, <laughs> man of the people. Okay, we've got to move on, buddy. We're running out of time already. Uh, right, we're going to move on very quickly into banner number two. Uh, one of our favourite topics, of course, rookie baseball players. Uh, rookie nookie. Jimbo came up with that. You see, you tell he works at the BBC. Um, and how they can make or break your team and indeed your fancy team too. Uh, so obvious examples in recent years, we've been spoiled rotten. Uh, Juan Soto, uh, Junior, Acuna Junior, Tatis Junior, Vladimir Junior. <laughs> Unless you've got a name Junior, I wouldn't bother trying to pretend to be a decent rookie. And they have completely changed the narrative, even though, I mean, Vlad in particular, you know, it, it took him a while for him to break out. Like last season was the big breakout, but he'd been up for a, what was it, a year and a half prior to that. So uh, we, we, we've sort of 
we've sort of been spoilt in recent years. It's not really the norm, is it, Jim? No, and I say that those four that you mentioned, I think, have changed a lot. And uh, last year, we saw quite a lot of big, big rookies, particularly sort of uh, Joe Adele, Victor Robles the year before. You know, they were both of them, some top two prospects, completely failed to make an impact. Joe Adele's back in the minors. Victor Robles is still struggling to sort of get going at uh, Washington. Uh, Jared Kelnick, you know, the great white hope came up halfway through last season for Seattle. I've got him in loads of leagues this year. He hasn't been great. And I think there's a good chance that he might be demoted back to AAA by Seattle. Uh, so it, it's been it's been much more of a challenge recently. Yeah. Uh, and I like what you're talking about. It's not always, I think, certainly hitters maybe find it easier. Some pitchers last year, Shane McClanahan came up, Logan Gilbert came up and really struggled initially. Alec Manoa was quite strong. But, you know, the way that those three have pitched in 2022 is light years from 2021. You could argue all three of those are sort of top 15 pitchers this year so it's not linear a not all top prospects work out but also not all of them work out or break out in the first year they're up you're completely right i I remember you saying when we're talking fantasy baseball here uh you know i'd say oh i got burnt by that player last season there's no way i'm touching him this season and you often used to say that's exactly the time to go for them if you believe in their core talent because their price is lower their expectation is lower because they struggled in their first year out or they had a bad year. Not even referencing rookies necessarily. You're talking about players who are known good players have a bad year. Suddenly their value drops off a cliff on the back of it. That's the time. Buy low. You're the Warren Buffett of fantasy baseball, Jimbo. That's a new one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, you're, you're right though, in terms of the, you know, there's a phrase of, you know, always bet on the skills, uh, you know, skills rather than role. We were talking about it with Al, last week about the angels uh, and i think that is thing you know a lot of these players they've been known to have the skills and it's a matter of when uh not if they're going to break out so sometimes it's about waiting for them i should just explain to our listeners as well in case you weren't listening in on our podcast last week in podcast three of the hind home boat we had uh, alan mckinley as our guest big al is who jimbo was referencing uh, al is the deputy editor of the sport and the daily mirror uh, and he's also an absolute UK number one Angel fan, so self-proclaimed. By the way, since he's come on the show, they've won three series. So uh, I think they've won five of seven. So he and they're way up the top of the of the division. So uh, he's obviously their lucky lucky mascot this year, Big Al. Um, let, let's just talk about 2022 though, Jim. Who has worked out? Before you answer that question, I just want to tell you that um, you know that I didn't particularly target pitching in any of my teams this year. Um, because you taught me that there's always pitching to be had off the waiver wire or prospects coming up. And I'm very proud to tell you, mate, I've got both Joe Ryan and George Kirby in an awful lot of my teams. Um, And I know Joe got a bit spanked about last time out, but prior to that, he's pitched like an absolute pro. I think you'll be fine. Uh, That is absolutely right. And uh, yes, I think you have bought well. So I just wanted to catch on a couple of people who kind of have really worked out well and then afterwards a couple of people for whom the jury is still out so i think julio rodriguez seattle i think there's a big breakout coming he's already got 10 stolen bases this season so he's he's added significant value to to your fantasy team and and indeed to the mariners i still think he's a buy low i think there's power going to come and and in the way that everything we hoped would come from kelnick and hasn't i think you are seeing with 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 julio rodriguez and i think that is absolutely uh, coming um other people stephen kwan of of cleveland started strong to me he's a sell high um i think i think he's already sort of peaked on the other hand taylor ward of the angels to me 
he's a buy high. I think he's going to stay at, at, at that kind of level of, of performance. Uh, and uh, the two pitchers you talked about, George Kirby and Joe Ryan, are two people I absolutely would continue to invest in. Uh, I think they've started strong. They're on good teams and good leagues with good matchups. So that's very positive. And the other person I want to mention is Jeremy Pena of the Houston Astros, who we touched on very briefly at the beginning of the season. I've got him in, I think, one of two teams that literally is a backup shortstop. He has been phenomenal for Houston. He's already got six home runs and 20 RBIs this season. I see no reason why that's going to continue. And, and the thoughts that, you know, Houston would be desperately missing Carlos Correa seem a long way in the rear view mirror now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so who is the jury out on? You know, you talked about those that sort of look like they are working out, but uh, there's certainly a fair few that it, it's not such a rosy story. Absolutely. And I'll just you know, give my personal opinion on what to, what to do with some of them. So at the beginning of the season, you know, we had uh, Julio Rodriguez, we had Bobby Witt Jr. and Spencer Torkelson. And they were kind of the, probably the, the top three rookies that we were really hoping for. And Torkelson's the one I'm really worried about. So I've got him in a lot of places. Uh, and so far, you know, eight RBIs, an average of just 149. And, you know, for somebody who's expected to be a big on-base threat, a big home run threat, he's just not brought that through. You know, he will be fine in time, but it may not be in the first half of this season and if this carries on much longer um yeah we're some of your teams yeah we're, we're, we're dropping him uh, the other person who was in that top three is bobby witt jr of kansas i mean not a superb lineup to be in but a very exciting player but thus far just one home run he has got five stolen bases an average just over 200 again i think he'll be fine across his career in the dynasty league if anybody was selling him i'd be all over that uh, but i think in the first half of this season he's going to be holding you back a bit and yeah i probably would bench him until he gets hot um a couple of others just to touch on very quickly uh, hunter green really exciting picture throws over 100 regularly uh, you know he's put up 35 strikeouts and only 26 in innings pitch but with an era of almost eight a whip of almost two he is killing your team cincinnati not a great place to pitch he will be a superb pitcher in time i've no doubt that he will end up being you know a top 10 top 20 pitcher in time uh, but it won't be this year sounds like he should be on my lineup but he isn't um any more to come that we haven't actually heard of yet that haven't actually been brought up yeah the most exciting one i think is at miami so i think max mayer uh, he was a top three pick a couple of years ago. Uh, fantastic pitcher. I think he will be very exciting. Obviously, Miami is a, is a great place to pitch um, at home and a, and a decent league to be in. I think he could be up really pretty soon. Uh, so that's Max Mayer. Uh, other people, there, there's another great pitcher at Baltimore called Grayson Rodriguez. He may come up later in the season, but I think uh, Baltimore are in no rush uh, with any of their prospects. So, so who knows? Uh, and uh, O'Neill Cruz of the Pirates is... Um, potentially very powerful. I think they kept him only down almost for service uh, reasons to sort of not pay him too much. But actually, his minor league numbers this year have not been that strong. So he's probably in, in the minors for good reason. But he has the kind of player with, with power and speed again who could transform a fantasy season if he came up. I, I note that you don't make any reference to Nolan Gorman, the big power hitter for St. Louis, the, uh, the uh, second baseman. I just, I don't know where they're going to play him. I really don't. Yeah, that Aaron is the Arnold, problem, isn't it? Because they've got Edmund, who's pretty... Yeah. I mean, Edmund can play shortstop. Yeah, they talk about where they can move, but he's playing a really good second base. He's broken out. He's being superb this season, Edmund. Arenado's really strong at third base. Do you want to make a weak defender at shortstop in order to bring up... And I don't know, Gorman, yes, he'll hit home runs, but he's still striking out more than the 30% rate in the minors. That might well go up to 40 or 50% in the majors. So I, I think that's it. I'm not quite sure he's the finished product, but um, we shall see. 
I'm sure he will be up, I'm sure, at some time in the next couple of months. Okay, so I've, I've wasted my $1 waiver budget and four different leagues. <laughs> and he's sitting on my bench thinking, oh, I'm so ahead of the curve here. Anyway, move on. Um, we've got a great question, which I really want to bring in because it's, it's relevant to this conversation. Uh, and it's talking about how to value rookies. Uh, and this is from our good friend, Ed Ditchfield. He's, uh, he's a great guy and was part of our original rookie league and is now in our sophomore league and a great contributor. Um, Ed, he's a very funny guy. Um, and he asked some general guidance on how to assess the value of training proposals would be great always seem to spend too long milking them over is it better to go with gut instinct or are there some key and perhaps not so obvious markers to consider he would love your thoughts i think he was polite and said he wanted my thoughts as well but i think we both know he doesn't he wants to know what you think jim oh jg that that, that can't be true no 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 he's he's an astute man he knows exactly what he's doing and uh, (laughs) and we love him for it trades is always hard because i a good trade can transform your season, both positively and negatively. Uh, in an ideal world, you know, you go for a win-win trade and both people benefit and everybody goes home happy, but it, it so often doesn't quite happen like that. Um, I, I think well, two, two things really think. One, does it actually benefit your team? It's sometimes it, it's too easy to be kind of cute and say, am I just getting the better of this? Am I getting the better of this? Does it actually make your team better? Is it as the position you really need? Is it in the category that you really need? Uh, that, that's the fundamental. Uh, uh, and, and then secondly, um, you know, previous performance isn't a driver of post-performance. Some people genuinely are breaking out, others others aren't. And I think you'd be quite careful to, I wouldn't be using kind of beginning of season predictions and rankings uh, to, to, to really measure uh, the likely future value of your team. Um, the other thing I would say, just as a generic, because we're kind of at that interesting time in the middle of, of May, when it still is a good time to be making moves and looking at where your weaknesses and trying to shore up stuff. In the first couple of months, so in April and May, it's all about getting value. So it's about getting better players and trying to sort of get them in and, and possibly worry slightly less about position and need, but, but really trying to improve. Much after May, you've really got to be clear about how that player is going to help your team and actually it might be worth taking a a theoretically worse player if they're actually going to make your team better yeah it's a tough one i'll be brutally honest i obviously don't know what i'm talking about because literally no one accepts any of my trade offers i think i make really fair and balanced trade offers and uh and everybody does yeah (laughs) i mean okay let me throw this one out you okay i'm desperate for a home run hitter and i want a top hitter okay and one of the guys i'm in a league with is struggling with his pitching uh big time uh, and he's got massive home run hitters all up his lineup. And uh, I've offered him, um, his, I, I wanted Vlad Jr. off him. Now that's a top 10 player, recognize that. But I've offered him a tier one pitcher in Giolito alongside, I uh, think it was Eric Hosmer, who's absolutely flying at first base just as a as a cover for his first base knee. So I've, I'm offering him a two for one. Neither of them are anything like as good as Vlad or ranked as good as Vlad. But together, given that it's, it's filling his first base slot with somebody who's completely hot and doing the business, and I'm giving him an elite pitcher, which is what he needs. Do you think that's a fair and valued not not remotely jg that's that's poor you're 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 trying to acquire a top five player yeah by offering what's giolito top 40 top 35 and hosmer is a hot bat Right. So a top two yeah. fifty. So you're offering him a, a top two fifty and a top there. And equally, no, you know, two, two for one. You always want the you always want the best player in the deal. So so no, I'm afraid you'd you'd need no. to. For me, I would need two Giolitos uh, to move Vlad. 
Okay. Right, buddy. We, no, I, that, that, that explains it very clearly, and I think you're absolutely right. So I can only apologise to Nicholas for making such a derisory offer. So moving on swiftly. Um, not surprised he hasn't responded. Um, rookie of the year, early guesses, very quickly. What's your uh, thoughts? For, for me, uh, AL, J-Rod of Seattle, I, I think the steals will come. I think the power will come. NL, yep. we haven't talked about Seiya Suzuki because he's a different kind of rookie. Um, I, I know he's gone ice cold at the moment. I think he'll be back, and I think it'll be Seiya Suzuki of the Chicago Cubs in the National League. You? Uh, I don't really have any thoughts on the National League at the moment. It's a bit early doors, so I'm going to fob out of that one. But I am absolutely convinced that Joe Ryan is the real deal. And he's going to take all my teams to the top of the table. Uh, and so I'm predicting Joe Ryan, Minnesota starting pitcher, who throws about 100 miles per hour, um, is my, my main man. He didn't even play in AAA. You know, they jumped him from AA straight into the major leagues. And did you see his first outing? Did you see his first outing? Tell me you saw his first outing. You didn't, did you? No. No. I didn't I mean, look at the stats, JG. You know me. Actually, I do watch the highlights, but um, I, can't, I can't deal with the real life. Um, no, he's a superstar. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm loving what he's doing, um, and I know he, I know he got a bit spanked um, in his last outing, but prior to that, he was, he was looking really, really good. So uh, I'm loving Joe. So I'm, I'm hoping Joe can carry me because I think I've got him in about half my teams. Anyway, let's move it on. We're into the third and final batter, um, and that is, of course, the suitcase, my personal favourite, each and every week. A reminder for our listeners: this is where I ask Jim uh, to find us players that are rostered in less than 20% of an average ESPN league. So who are we packing in the suitcase today James. uh right hitters so uh we've got uh, uh andres gimenez a second base shortstop or andres jimenez uh of uh, cleveland he's under 20 percent rostered that should be higher uh yadiel hernandez the outfield of washington he's almost 20 percent rostered uh hitting well seems to be starting every day uh that potentially should be higher I imagine those guys have probably gone. So a couple of people who might not have gone. Uh, Santiago Espinal, the second base and third base for t- Toronto. I'm still surprised that, that, that he's available. He's playing every day for Toronto. Great lineup, uh, getting plenty of runs and RBIs. Uh, we've mentioned him every single week in the suitcase, but Jorge Mateo of Baltimore is still only 10% rostered. He's got another two stolen bases this week. That's nine overall surely must be more valuable than than, than only only 10% rostered. Um, and if you're in a very, very, very deep league, you've got, got Ben Gamble, uh, outfielder of Pittsburgh, is hitting well at the moment and only sort of a couple of percent own. And Hunter Dozier, our old friend at Kansas, uh, outfield first base, third base eligible. And he's um, vaguely warm at the moment and probably not owned in your league. I'm a bit ahead of you, buddy. I picked up Ben Gamble because, uh, because he leads off. Uh, and he plays every day. And Pittsburgh have just, I think, taken the series against the mighty Dodgers. They did. So, um, and he's only rusted in seven percent at the moment, Ben. So I'm, uh, I'm very happy with that pickup. Although tragically, the player that I dropped, <laughs> pick Ben. <laughs> oh come on, let, no. Oh. I mean, we, we, we are, we are running late. But let, I, I, oh, let's have this thought. I can't believe you're willing to share this oh, with the listeners. No. So get, get this out. Who did you drop for Ben Gamble, Johnny? Uh, I'm not even going to mention his name because it's just too painful. But the day I dropped him, that night, he hit eight. Yes, read it and weep. Eight RBIs. I don't think I've had a team score of eight RBIs all season. He hit eight the night I dropped him for Ben Gamble. I would like to point out that he's not playing every day. He wasn't particularly hitting well. And, and Ben is playing every day and he leads off. And OK, it's for the Pirates. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, he's got a 290 average. on. The, I mean, everything said, yeah, pick up Ben Gamble. Much better deal. But could I have not just left it one 
more day. No, so th- this was Josh Naylor, of course, who, yeah. yes, Johnny dropped at 4 p.m. on Tuesday night, and then I think about five hours later, <laughs> two home runs and eight RBI. But we've, we've all done it, and it's a horrible, horrible feeling. Right, I, 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 Just before you move on, I know we're, 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 we're under the time cost here, but do you know what, buddy? You are a jinx as well. Not just Johnny the jinx, you are a jinx, because I would like to point out that your pitcher of the week last week, Chris Paddock, uh, and your Hail Mary, Trevor Larnick, both started off very strong for the first three days after your nomination, but guess what? Both are now on the IL. You are a jinx. Not just me. <laughs> so so it just appear. me. So yeah. now tell us some pitchers who are about to go on the IL. Okay, so we had Max uh, Max Meyer, who I mentioned earlier of uh, of, of, of Miami, um, yep. but a couple of others. Uh, Jake Odorizzi of Houston. He's up from three percent roster when we mentioned last week to ten percent this week. But another good win for him if he stays on form. Houston's obviously a great team to pitch for. There'll be plenty of wins there. Uh, and, and somebody who I bet probably isn't rostered in your league is Dane Dunning of Texas. Yep. He's not flashy. He's not exciting. But he's quite a steady kind of SP5 if you need a, a back-end uh, starter in your team. He's a, he's a potential one. And we need to start looking at ratios to somebody like Spencer Strider of Atlanta. Doesn't give up many runs. Gets an awful lot of strikeouts and will vulture the odd win to help your starting pitcher. I'm sort of quite happy that I know what I'm doing at the moment because I've just picked up Jake uh, Odorizzo. Odorizzo, is that how you pronounce it? Um, and at least two of my teams so there you go and that was without knowing that you were going to mention him in the suitcase um i'll tell you what i am struggling for though buddy one of my leagues is saves only which obviously therefore means i need a closer and i literally have one and a half closes in that league so i need your help on the closer front is there anybody out there that i can get there is Jonathan. So um, David Robertson of the Cubs has gone on the injured list. Don't know how long for. So Rowan Wick uh, of the Cubs is uh, only 5% rostered. He got the save last night. Um, so, yeah, I think he will be the, say, the closer going forward uh, for the Chicago Cubs. Fantastic. Is that it? Just Rowan that- Wick? No one else? That, that's it. There are other people around. Brooks Raley at Tampa Bay got one. Yoan Duran, I still like at Minnesota. Ryan Helsey for, for, for ratios, but, but Wick would be your, pri- your primary one. Okay, I'm going to zoom online right now after we record to finish. Okay, last up, Hail Mary, rostered uh, in a player rostered in less than 1% of leagues. Uh, this is the biggest and the toughest arsenal. This is the true test of the talent that is Holden. Who have you got for us this week, Jimbo? I found this really hard this season. Last year, we seemed to get loads of successful picks. I found it really difficult this year. Um, this week, we're going with Zach Logue of Oakland. He is a starting pitcher. He came across the trade I think from the Mets but possibly somebody else um, at the beginning of the season for one of their pitches um, so Zach Logue of Oakland he's rostered in just 0.5% of leagues uh, but Oakland is a good park they've got a superb uh, outfield defence um, and I think he might be a potential back end starting pitcher who wouldn't be disastrous every time out you know I don't think anybody's going to be uh in the slightest bit surprised to hear that you're struggling this season because I'm just having a, a quick look at uh, the league that we are both in. My uh, my team name is JG's Freddie Heartbreaks for obvious reason. I'm just having a quick look at the standings and this is a league that you've you've won at a canter on numerous occasions. And oh yeah, yeah, JG is uh, is up there. You know, what, what am I fifth? Fifth, but only you know not far behind the rest. And oh, the plucky underdogs. That's you, isn't it, Jimbo? Um, in eighth. My friend, eight, <laughs> 21 points behind JG. 
Don't want to say any more. Don't want to say any more. Yeah. Well, I think but, probably the roles need to reverse. Maybe you could present this podcast and, and I'll be the one handing out the tips. How about that? That sounds very entertaining. I'm not sure we'd have many listeners on, on, on either front, to be honest. <laughs> to destroy our <laughs> listenership overnight. All, all 23 of them. Yes, absolutely. Okay, brilliant, Jim, as always. Uh, that is it. That's all we've got time for. In fact, we've overrun. Um, massive thanks for listening in. Quickly, a reminder on the email, behindhomeplatepod at gmail.com um, or on Twitter at bhppod. If you want to get in touch with us directly, my uh, Twitter handle is at Johnny M. Gould, Jimbo at Jam99. Um, thanks as always to you, Jim, uh, and obviously to all our listeners. Do keep the questions coming in. Ed, great question. Thank you for that. Really enjoyed it. Um, we will obviously be here next week on Behind Home Home Plate with more baseball news and, of course, another bulging suitcase to help you win your fantasy. Anything exciting planned for the weekend and beyond, Jim? Even if there was, Johnny, I don't think I'd mention it to you this time. <laughs> <laughs> Concerned. Well, I'm uh, I'm off to play golf with the future king of England. I Friday. Yeah. Your life. Your life is yeah, different than everybody I, else. I mean, obviously, for him to become king, there's going to have to be a whole host of unfortunate train accidents and, yeah. and plane accidents. But the thought of Mike Tyndall as the king of England, there's a there's a thought to send a shudder up your spine, isn't it? But he's a lovely, lovely man, raising money for cure for Parkinson's because his lovely dad, very sadly, has got Parkinson's and he's been dedicated to the cause ever since. Um, and he's an absolute top boy. And I can't wait. Tomorrow, Friday, May the 13th, by the way, anniversary of my dad's birthday. Happy birthday uh, to the memory of your dad. That's very sweet of you, mate. Thank you for listening, everybody. Lovely to have your company. Looking forward to seeing you and hearing from you uh, all through the week before next week's episode five of Behind Home Play. Don't forget, if you want the best seat in the house, this is the only podcast to listen to. Thank you for listening.